0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome once more to Country Roads Confidential. I am your host, Chris Anderson, publisher of Earsports.com, the West Virginia site on the 247 sportscom network. It's the postseason. Uh, West Virginia is in the midst of recruiting. Uh, coaches are out on the road, visiting a lot of top recruits. They're trying to get kids on campus. They're trying to get kids signed. Meanwhile, the current roster is finishing up school. They are taking final exams in the next few days, finishing out the semester, and then getting started on off-season workouts. For the first time in a few years, West Virginia is not involved in a bowl game, not involved in the postseason. Um but that doesn't mean it's not busy, and you know that extends to a lot of people, not just people on the football team, uh, because we got a special guests today. Someone who has been uh, been uh, in the spotlight in the middle of college football, representing West Virginia on national television. We welcome Mr. Tyler Gordon, who won the Dr. Pepper uh halftime competition for was it a hundred thousand uh, dollars of tuition Tyler
1: yes it was
0: how are you doing today I'm doing well how are you not bad uh Good. For first off let's let's start with you Let, let's talk about you for a minute I want to hear a, a little bit more about you I I mentioned that you're at West Virginia you are an alumni for those who don't know or not well I guess undergrad did you go to undergrad at West Virginia as well
1: no, I didn't. I actually, went to Concord University, which is in the southern part of the state.
0: Uh, Very familiar with where I'm Both from. of my both of my parents actually went to Concord uh, way back in the oh, day. Wow. Um, Small but way. you are now at WVU Law. Uh, you went on as a uh, West Virginia. I would say uh, weren't afraid to show your fandom at the end. There, a little trust the climb at the end. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not <laughs> not not ashamed of
1: it at all. You know, uh, I just wanted to uh, to try to get our name out there a little bit more.
0: Well, tell me about yourself. Are you from West Virginia? Are you have you been a WVU fan before you went to law school there? Yeah, so I'm from Beckley, West
1: Virginia, actually, which is in the southern part of the state, about two and a half hours south of Morgantown. I've been born and raised in West Virginia. Grew up a West Virginia fan. Um, my dad is a diehard Mountaineer. Uh, I remember, you know, sitting out in the in the car listening to broadcasts of games that weren't televised, even as a kid. And um, so, yeah, I, just, I grew up coming up here to Morgantown to to watch the Mountaineers. Uh, it's been awesome having student student tickets up here the last few years. And uh, I, yeah, I'm just excited for the for the future and what I think Neil Brown's going to be able to do for the program.
0: Well, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but the this Dr. Pepper tuition challenge, how does, yeah. I think every year we've all seen the competitions during halftime of the championship games, the conference championship games, but how is it, how does the process start? Where did you begin with? Where, where Do you sign up? Do you have to go through a raffle? How does it all work? Yeah. So I was, uh,
1: I, I mean, the same as you, I'm sure most people listening, I had, I'd always seen it during halftime and it was, Super awesome I never actually thought about applying to it I just thought it was something really cool for those that want it. and uh, I was actually scrolling through Instagram one day and an advertisement popped up and it was a link to the application this was back in August right before the semester started and I thought to myself well I have nothing to lose the age range for the application was 18 to 24 I said to myself, well, I'll be turning 24 uh, before this starts. I I might as well go ahead. I could use the money, Um, could certainly use the money. And so I went ahead, filled out my application. It included, you know, you have to to write a short biography on yourself, do a video. Uh, You submit it to the folks out at Dr. Pepper. They, They review all of the applications, and then they select the four contestants for each conference championship game. So they called me. Um about mid November I was in class actually and I kept getting a call from, you know, some weird number and naturally I ignored it, but it kept calling back, kept calling back. Finally I stepped out of class to answer and it was it was the, the folks at Doctor Pepper who <laughs> they were they were, you know, cheering on the phone, wanting to congratulate me, letting me know that they would be sending me out to Indianapolis um December
0: seventh. But so you ignored the first few calls, did they tell you that they were about one more uh, ignore call away from just picking the next person?
1: No, they actually uh they they texted me and told me, "Hey, this is uh, whatever name from Dr. Pepper. Uh, can you please answer and I, I ran <laughs> out of class at that point,
0: <laughs> so you, you had to make a video. What was your video about and, and what was the criteria for their pick? Did they you know ask you to do something specific? Do you have to show your fandom? what was it?
1: Yeah, so they're they're really looking at um, your career aspirations, your goals, um, how you want to use your education. And so for me, it was uh, being a native West Virginian, the opioid epidemic that our state has faced uh, has hit home to me. I have a lot of family, uh, loved ones that have been affected by it. And so I, I really want to serve in the U.S. attorney's office one day, hopefully to make a difference and to combat the opioid epidemic that we have. And so that that's kind of what I based my video around, and I think that that kind of sh- struck a chord with them, and they i believe that that's kind of what what led to picking me and it was it's really just based on your career aspirations and uh what you wanna do with your
0: education. That's awesome that is a great cause I'm glad you're you're taking up the charge on that um Leading up to the event, so you—when wh- was it that you found out? How, what was the time frame between when you found out and when you actually had to go compete?
1: Yeah, so I can't remember the exact date. It was—it was right around mid-November. It was the week before Thanksgiving break. And oh, so, so that wasn't
0: long at all between. No, no, <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Um, so you had uh, what a week or so, week two, maybe two weeks, week and a half to. Get ready. What? How did you get ready? What? Do, what were you practicing? They said on the on the television broadcast that uh, you and your competitor had been, uh, you know, practicing a bunch. How, what was that practice?
1: Yeah. So my my dad is a handyman. Thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, he was a carpenter for a while, and he. They. They. Dr Pepper sent us the dimensions for the can, uh, the the ball size, everything. And so I sent them straight over to my dad as soon as I was able to get a hold of them, and he he built a replica for me to start practicing practicing with. So over Thanksgiving break, I went down and hauled it back up here to Morgantown with me. I got some footballs from my local high school that I went to, and um, yeah, I just started throwing footballs for at least at least an hour a day every single day leading
0: up to the competition. Um. Obviously I gotta ask you about the chess pass versus the regular throw. Was there any uh second guessing the chess pass despite its success?
1: Yeah, so I tried out the overhand throw at first just to see because I, I had also, you know, you hear a lot of critiques on people using the <laughs> chess pass. Um critiques is a nice word, I think. But um uh, yeah. I tried out the overhand throw and it was it, it honestly it just takes too much time. Even if you're accurate with it, um, there's – I wouldn't have been able to get off, you know, I think I got off around 23 balls. That's about what I was averaging. And I wouldn't have been able to get that off with an overhand throw. So it's really about, you know, just trying to get off as many as you can and be be as accurate as you can.
0: It's a numbers game. I like it. The chest
1: pass did that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, uh your competitor, uh, his name's slipping my mind, but did you talk to him beforehand? Did you talk a little trash beforehand or talk a little trash after?
1: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so his name is Marcus and uh he he goes to the University of Oklahoma. Uh we spent the entire weekend together. So, we flew into Indianapolis on Thursday. Uh we we were with one another, I mean, almost every hour of the day, uh leading up to that competition. And so we really got to know one another. Um I would say there was there was a sense of awkwardness at first because, you know, we're all we're here to compete against one another for $100,000. Of course there's you know the competitive nature kicks in, but um now I would say by the end of it you know, we were pretty good friends and um uh, you know I wanted nothing but the best for him too.
0: As it got started, how nervous were you? Did it did it kick in or did the adrenaline kind of take over? Um, I think that
1: everyone else was more nervous than I was. Actually, I will say that once I uh, jogged up to the to the barrel, I was standing there. The referee was uh, congratulating us, and then he he started the countdown. And whenever he started at five, I immediately I realized my, my legs were basically numb. I looked down at my hand that was hovering over the ball, and it was you know it was shaking uncontrollably basically, and. There for a split second, I was yeah, I was a little bit nervous. Uh, wasn't sure if I'd even be able to pick up a football. But thankfully, once I once I started, it was kind of
0: just muscle memory kicking in. So you said you got twenty three balls off. Uh, I believe the counter said twenty, although uh, I might argue that that yeah, number twenty might have got off after the <laughs> after the whistle. But it didn't matter because I, th- I think Marcus had seventeen. Is that right. about what you were doing during practice?
1: Yeah, I was averaging right around 19 it's during practice. So for 20, um, I was doing pretty good. Uh, and the, the the record they told us was 21. So I, was, I knew that if I could get close to 20, I should be all right. And so that's kind of what I was aiming for. And during the preliminary round, because there were four of us originally, and the top two advanced to the game on Saturday. And during the preliminary round, I also threw 20. So I guess I was just kind of staying consistent with that number.
0: Oh, wait, did I, I didn't know that. So there was a preliminary, like you, the there were four oh, people that had to compete first before you could even get on the field on TV? Right, yeah. So
1: there were oh. about four of us through. We went over to the stadium on Friday. Uh, and the, the four of us through, it was around noon on Friday. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I ended up getting first during the preliminary round. Um, and Marcus came in second. He actually went through a few tiebreakers <laughs> to get, to get second place but yeah so we had to do it on friday and then the top two advanced to the game on saturday
0: wow i didn't know that that was a little <clears throat> what do they call that in the wrestling in the old days a dark match that they don't even show on tv you don't know what's going yeah, on uh, right. yeah, okay. so at the end you, you know you 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 finish it off with your acceptance speech with a trust the climb as yeah did anybody from the school uh, reach out to you beforehand or since? What, what's been going on after you? You know, you dropped the trust the climb for the television audience.
1: No, uh, I mean, I would tell you one thing. Marshall certainly hated it. Um, <laughs> I, I, Marshall's bar stool definitely did not like it. But um, no, I got what? a. I actually got a, a tweet from Neil Brown, which was pretty cool, pretty exciting. I had a. Uh, tweeted at him prior to whenever Dr. Pepper told us that we could officially start talking about it. Um I tweeted at No Brown and told him that I would that I would give a trust to climb if uh if I ended up winning. And he he responded to me kinda like waiting to hear, like we'll see what happens. And so I was able to follow through with that, give it out and he congratulated me afterwards and um thanked me for for giving that trust to climb out. And so that, that was probably one of the coolest things that I've heard. Also, hearing from Tony Caridi was pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's been super exciting, super awesome. I kind of feel like a celebrity going to the school. Um, it's kind of hard to study, honestly, right now.
0: So, so does that mean are you using this opportunity to announce uh, your intentions to enter the quarterback competition this spring? Is that what you're about to tell us? Hey, man, I'm,
1: I have all four years of eligibility left,
0: so, you know, I'm, I'm happy go. to say if, if they want me. Uh, speaking of, let's, let's, let's look at those next four years. Uh, you said you've been following Mountaineer football all your life. You, you, you're trusting yeah. the climb. How do you think, well, for, before we look at the next four, let's look back at this year. How do you think yeah. this year, the way it came out, what do you think? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was, it was obviously a bit frustrating, um, at first, but, you know, you have to, to accept that that's just kind of the, this is a re- rebuilding right now. So that's just the way it's going to be. Um, you know, they're missing a lot of, a lot of key parts that they need. They're playing with a lot of young freshmen. And so there are a lot of mistakes that you're going to see coming with that. Uh, I think that the way that they ended the year was, Super important being able to get that last win uh, to kind of have a sense of encouragement and also get to that five and seven mark rather than four and eight. I think it looks a little bit better, honestly. Um, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that, you know, Neil Brown was able to get us to a point where every game was was pretty close. Um, you know, I think that once he gets that talent in there and is able to implement the offense that he wants to implement, once we get a running game going, we're really going to be able to start to see a difference and kind of get over that that hump. Um, one of the biggest differences for me was noticing, you know, we're not a high-powered, uh, we're not going to score score 50 points a game type of offense, and that that was an adjustment certainly. But uh, I loved the, the the new look on defense with Vic Koning. Uh, you know, they they really looked great. And I think that going forward, once we get that run game established, it's going to make all the difference in the world.
0: So what are your expectations heading into 2020? What kind of record or at least type, pardon me, type of season do you need to see in order to keep trusting the client?
1: Yes, I think we definitely need to get uh, bowl game eligible uh, at the very least. And I, I trust that we'll get to that point. I also want to be realistic at the same time. I think a eight and four season is realistic, uh, hoping for a nine and nine nine and three season, if not better uh, but But I think that Neil Brown will be able to get us to that point, uh, bowl game eligibility at, at the very least.
0: if you are If you were head coach, yeah.
1: this was our debate. <laughs> this
0: was our debate all year long. Mike and I okay. went back and forth on it. Obviously, a ton of fans did. What would your moves have been in the quarterback situation this season? Putting you on the spot for a hot take.
1: Yeah, so I think I would I would have went with Daigie, uh early on. Uh, I think once that Iowa State game, uh, whenever Austin Kendall went out, I think that Daggy should have came in at that point and probably probably taken over uh from there on uh was able to make the throw when we needed the throw you know which is what we saw in the the tcu game though he didn't didn't have a great game but he was able to make the throw when we needed the throw there were a lot of opportunities that we had especially in that texas tech game if we would have had that one back uh, we probably would be bowl eligible because there were so many points left on the Sam James streaking down and, you know, just a ball, and he needed to get five more yards down the field or come back five more yards. And so I think I think Jakey would have been able to make those throws in order to, to get that game and make us bowl eligible. I would have probably started him uh, once Austin Kendall went out in that Iowa State game and let him take over from there.
0: Do you follow recruiting at all?
1: Yeah, I try to follow it as much as I can. Um, yeah.
0: I was going to, I'm going to ask was going to ask if there's anybody in particular in this class that you're really excited about if you, if you follow it closely enough because I know, you know, obviously some people like to just wait till everybody gets on campus before they really start following, but then there are a ton that enjoy, you know, learning about the future before they even get there. So if you are familiar with it, is there anybody in particular yeah. in this class that you're excited to see?
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see Garrett Green. Um you know, I, I'm excited to see the battle that they have uh, at quarterback. I, I don't necessarily expect him to come in and win the job. Um, but him being a Tallahassee kid, I think it would be pretty cool for him to, if he if he got to start, start out the season against Florida State next year, that would be pretty awesome to see. I know uh, I was able to tweet a question out to him and ask him who he compared himself to most, uh, a college quarterback. And he compared himself to to Baker Mayfield and Trace McSorley from Penn State. And it was interesting because he compared himself to, you know, an undersized guy that feels like he has a lot to prove. And I think that being able to have that chip on your shoulder coming into a game is, and being able to uh, have the mentality that you're, you're going to work hard to get to where you need to be, that blue-collar ethic, that's a lot of what we stand for here at WVU. And so I'm really excited to see what he does going
0: forward. Well, Tyler, I think that'll wrap it up uh, for this podcast. I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Congratulations on the big win. And uh, thank you, you know, for representing the university and the state uh, so well and taking on such a great cause like, like fighting this opioid crisis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to God be the glory, man, this was an answered prayer. And I want to thank him from the
0: bottom of my heart for this. All right. Thanks for coming on. And to all our listeners out there, be sure to get back to earsports.com for more podcasts, more written word. Uh, We'll have more recruiting updates over the weekend with more official visitors for West Virginia. I am Chris Anderson. Thanks for listening. CBS Sunday after the equalizer.
1: You collect rewards, right?
0: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker
1: You strong swimmer? So-so
0: So-so So-so's okay Justin Hartley stars how you survive You make quick, smart decisions If you never let panic take the wheel Sounds cool It is cool, actually Very cool Tracker CBS season finale Sunday After The Equalizer On CBS And streaming on Paramount Plus